Father in heaven, hallowed be there your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Fathers, we come again uh, tonight. Thank you for your faithful folks who are out on a chilly Sunday evening. We just ask you to teach us from your word and make the word come alive to us, empower it by your Holy Spirit. Uh, Let it go forth and accomplish what you want. Let us be obedient to the word, Father, that we'll be a people of the book. And, Lord, that we will be uh, your people that are obedient to you. And, Father, for those sitting within the sound of my voice who have not accepted Jesus as their public personal Lord and Savior, then I pray you'd speak to them about their need to do that very thing this hour. In Christ's name, amen. I can remember uh, being about 14, and uh, my mother said, you need to write your grandma a letter. Well, I thought, I don't want to write a letter. Okay, but I sat down because she told me that I was going to get a spanking if I did, and I said, I'd rather just take the spanking, and then she raised her eyebrow, and I realized, I don't think I want to go there. But after a little while, I'd write and scratch something out and write and scratch something out. And finally, I said, Mom, I don't know what to say. Now, that really wasn't the truth. I knew what I wanted to say. I didn't know how to go about it. Okay? And when Jesus' disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray, they said, we know what we want to say, but how do we go about it? So he gives them and he gives us a model on prayer. And it gives us the elements, really, that we need in our prayer life. And so... I wanted to look at two or three things from this tonight, maybe from a little different slant, maybe not. In verse 9, I see the possibility, okay? The possibility starts off with that opening phrase, our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven. And when it's say possibilities, it's because there are two different meanings for Father here. One is Jesus spells out very plainly, our Father in heaven, it means God who created us. Uh, it means uh Uh, Secondly, that as we say he's our father in heaven, he provides everything that we need. It includes all the love, the intimacy, the father-child relationship. I know that because the word here is Abba. It means daddy. All right. And so he's saying have such an intimate relationship, not in disrespect, but the kind of relationship that you'd approach your God as you would your favorite uh, earthly father. See, it's no other religion in the world allows such innocent contact with God. And that's because 1 John 3, 1 tells us that our God is the Father of love. Go ahead, Carter. You can help me all you want, buddy. Go ahead. He's singing. Well, good. Sing some more for me. He says, okay, I got got your attention. Now I'm going to grin. Yeah. Yeah, look at them all. You can't compete with that, y'all. There's just no way. So he's talking about the possibility. The possibility is, do we know God is our Father? Are we spending time with our Heavenly Father? Uh, do we do we know His ways? And as I talked about this morning, His plans. But, you know, do we recognize God's voice when, when He speaks to us? Uh, you know, do... Do we realize that he's up to something because we've seen him work before? We realize how he works in our lives. And when we see things start to being put together and we say, God, what are you up to? Do you really realize that's God because of that relationship, our Father who art in heaven? That we've spent enough time with him that that we know who he is. All right? And um, the best thing about God as our Father, you know, 
He's not an absentee father. He wants to be involved in all areas of our life. He takes care of us. He has our best interest at heart. And so spend some time getting to know your Heavenly Father every day this new year and respect Him as your Father, that He's holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And in uh, the last part of verse 9 and 10, I see the passion. There's a passion listed there. He starts off, he says, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, you see, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come, your will be done. It's a passion for prayer. It's, it's a passion to be near our God. It's a passion to, to express our deepest intimate needs to him because we trust him. You see, it represents our Father who art in heaven. It's the person of God. Hallowed be your name. In other words, hallowed means honor and reverence. Okay? You're not to take the Lord God's name in vain. You see? We need to see that that in that day, when you said honor God's name, God's name represented who God was. You see, your name represented who you were. And we think that's some kind of strange uh, thing, but it's not. If your mama was any kind of mama at all, she would tell you before you left the house, remember your name, child. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, in some form, she'd remind you that your name stood for something, and you better not disgrace it. All right? Remember whence you came. Remember as, uh, I better not say that. We'll go on. My mom would have to tell me that every time. Maybe y'all weren't like me. But she wanted everybody to know that I was a good child. She said, they know you belong to me. Don't embarrass me was the way she would say it. And so we're saying honor God's name. It represents who he is. And we honor God's name by the way that we live. By what we say, what we do, how we act. Okay? And we bring dishonor to God's name the same way. When we don't act like we know the King of kings and Lord of lords. When we don't act like we know the Holy One of all creation. And so uh, it starts off, that passion starts off with a, a desire to honor God. Okay? Do we have that desire in our daily lives that, that we want to bring honor and glory to God, our God, our Heavenly Father that we know? All right? The person of God, and it talks about the power of God. It says, the kingdom, thy kingdom come. Kingdom means kingship or kingly rule. Um, uh, the kingdom really means the uninhibited rule of God in our lives or in the world. And when we play thy kingdom come, we're saying we want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven because you are the king of kings. You are the almighty. You are the omnipotent. omnipotent. Uh, you are the one, a father who, who deserve glory. And, and he talks about that power of God. It's the rule of God in the lives of people. Does he rule in our life? Do we have to wonder about, you know, I'm going to tell God no this time. I've told him enough yes already this month, okay? That's not the rule of God, okay? The rule of God is we belong to him, and he gets to decide what we do and where he sends us whenever he pleases. And are we living that way, thinking about are we there for when uh, he, he wants us to be there? Then the plan of God, thy will be done, Okay? You see, thy will be done. There are certain things I told you this morning I know is God's will. God's will is for people to be saved. And if you're paying for the lost, you're praying God's will. All right? You don't have to wonder about whether it's God's will or not. God 
wants folks to know Jesus. Okay? God wants you to be a witness. Well, how do you know that? Because he said, you shall be my witnesses in several places in the New Testament. That's his will that you tell others about the Savior that you and I know. That I tell people about the Savior. We need to understand there's just certain things that you, you know are God's will. God wants us to be different. He said you're to be light uh, and you're to be salt. All right, That's different than what the world tells you you're to be. But that's the plan of God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to ask what kind of passion do we have when we pray? I've discovered that when it's my children, my grandchildren, my wife, my father, my sisters, my nieces, etc., etc., I can have a lot of passion praying for their problems. And I should have. And you should for those of your loved ones, okay? But what we really should be passionate about is who our God is, that His name would be known through our lives, that His kingdom would be expressed through our lives, that His will would be done in our lives and we should be very passionate about that i've shared before uh, when i was rebelling against god and my mother knew it and uh, she was finally just exasperated with me and uh, told me she was turning me over to god i just laughed i thought that's funny okay that was a bad thing to do because then i walk in and i hear my dear saintly mother who loved me more than any other person saying God, if he's going to bring dishonor to your name, you just take him out. Just take him home. Don't let him do that. And I decided, I've done mess with mama the wrong way. <laughs> okay. Now, we need to ask, you know, do our lives reflect the person of God, the power of God, and the plan of God? If not, what do we need to do to get that right? See, because that's exactly what God wants to be known. He wants to be known through us and the way we live and how we live. Let's go on. In verses 11 through the first part of verse 13, I see the petitions. Some people say they don't want to pray selfish prayers. It's not prayers when you bring your petitions. He said in verse 11, okay, Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation. The petitions are prayers... Uh, that talk about certain needs we have. He talks about present needs. Give us our daily bread, okay? That means what we need for physically uh, and spiritually. What kind of needs do you list that you have and present to God on a physical basis and on a spiritual basis? Those are not uh, selfish needs. Those are things that God wants us to to be aware of and that where they come from. Too often I think we take the blessings of God for granted. Or maybe I should say I take little blessings for granted. And I find out that I have a much better day when I start listing off even the smallest blessing in gratitude to God. It lifts my spirit, but it makes me realize how great and awesome my God is. We need to ask for those present needs that he would supply them. We need to live like that. Then what about past needs? Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Past needs, debts there equal sins. If you don't realize it, we owe a sin debt. We cannot pay. Jesus had to die to pay it for us. 
And I think that we need to remember uh, what he did for us. And we need to thank him for that. And we need to be grateful for that. The best thing in the world is, 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 is this. I, I want you to hear this. If you hear a little voice saying, you can't do that thing. What a sinner you are. That's not God telling you that. That's the devil trying to keep you away because the Father is always ready to forgive. He's always ready to receive us if we'll come in faith and repentance. Uh, what, what does 1 John 1, 9 say? Do you remember what it says? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, forgives our sins, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You realize God didn't put any limits right there? He said, you do it and I'll forgive it. Now, that is not carte blanche to go out here sinning, as Paul said in the book of Romans. Should I sin more so that grace may abound more? He said, heavens no. Okay. He said that sin didn't have dominion over us, and we didn't have to live like that. But it means that when we do sin, we have an advocate. His name is Jesus. He's given us propitiation, the covering for our sins. He's at the right hand of the Father, even now making intercession for us. And then he talks about prospective needs. Lord, uh, don't lead us into temptation. And it, it, it means don't, don't lead us to the places that the desire will be there, that, uh, that our heart will, will be tempted. Don't lead us to where we cannot avoid uh, evil. All right? And so my mama's words again came to me as I looked this over. Uh, Gary... Don't be where you're not supposed to be. But mom, I wasn't doing anything. You were where you weren't supposed to be. That's why you're in trouble. Because if I was around a group of guys and they did something, even if I just sat there and watched, I was to blame as surely as they were to blame. And if mama found out, I was in trouble. Don't be where you're not supposed to be. Christians, don't be where you're not supposed to be. Let's get real personal about it. You're on that computer at night, don't be where you're not supposed to be. I don't have a computer. What about your cell phone? Don't be where you're not supposed to be. Okay? Don't be texting people you're not supposed to be texting. Don't be doing those things that, that you'd be led into temptation. Don't be where you're not supposed to be. And that's the nearest analogy I can come up with when he says don't lead us into temptation. Because God himself doesn't tempt us. Uh, tempt us okay but we are led by our own desires and so he's really praying lord you control you be lord of my life so that i'm not led in those directions okay and we need to acknowledge that before him and pray those things in our petitions now what's the product the product is there in verse 13 he says uh, he says do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You see, he's talking about a dedication. Do we declare that his is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever? Does our heart really want him not to allow the evil one to sift us and to, and to lead us astray? Okay, uh, do, do we involve ourselves in this model prayer? This is a way of discipleship. You can find different things in this prayer that you need to do, whether it's confession, thanksgiving, uh, praise, all those things that are supposed to be part of our prayer life. And, and you think, well, I can't pray that long. I'm not talking about a long prayer. I'm talking about do you do the simple things that God wants so that you commune with him in prayer. I want to tell you this, and, and, and I want you to understand me. Prayer is not me coming to God and telling him what to do. 
Prayer is not me coming to God and begging him what to do. Prayer is me coming and asking God what to do and waiting for him to teach me, to reveal himself to me in new ways. Prayer is communion with the Father. See, when I say communion, everybody looks at me, what do you mean? It's like, it's like visiting with an old friend. I mean, the kind of friend that you might not have seen in a while, okay? But you can go, and if you're a coffee drinker, you can have a cup of coffee with them or tea or, or, or Coke, whatever, whatever it is. But you can sit there, and you just pick up where you left off. The kind of friendship that's just comfortable. You see, it should not be a problem to come into God's presence at any time because we are His children. And we want Him to be glorified in our lives. And the product of this prayer is we find ourselves in the midst of God's will. I didn't read it. Verses 14 and 15 are really sort of shocking. We're praying along. We're doing the things we're supposed to do. But notice what Jesus put this little, I don't know if you'd call it an addendum. Okay, a little, little also this. Uh, you need to pay attention to this. It's, it's sort of like the fine print. But God put it right there in regular print. And Jesus let it follow this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I think God did that because the product is supposed to be to look like Jesus. Did Jesus not forgive those who sinned against him? Did Jesus not forgive those, us, who caused him to have to die on that cross? Does Jesus not forgive us even today when we fail? And the answer to all of those, if you didn't know, is yes. So that even those who sin against us, we're, we're to forgive because it shows we've been forgiven. When he says, I, your father won't forgive you, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. If you're an unforgiving person and hold those things and never forgive people, it's a sign that you're not truly a believer. Because nobody who's experienced the grace of God cannot offer that grace to other people. Who might have hurt them or sinned against them. Did I say it would be easy? No, Jesus didn't say anything about it being easy. He just let it be known that that's one of the important things. He realized for us as human beings, the final product needed to look like his love and his forgiveness. And that would be the thing we struggled with the most. I found out years ago that people could say stuff about me and, eh, I don't care. You know, I do care, but I get over it. Sometimes quicker than others. What I had problems with is when people say something about my dear wife. I didn't like that. And don't say things about my kids. And don't say my grandkids are spoiled either. I don't care how bad they smell. Okay, Those are the things that we find and you find and I find hard to forgive. When it's against our family. But God said, if you don't forgive them, it's a sign that I haven't forgiven you. So what do you do with a message like this? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Some need to come today and recommit for this new year just to being a prayer warrior. A prayer warrior for your church, for your family, for your community. You can never pray too much. You can never out-pray the desires God has for your life. You need to just come and commit to that. 
Some need to come and say, you know, I've been hurt. You don't have to tell me. You can tell God right here at the altar. I've been hurt so much by so-and-so. And and you need to ask God to help you forgive that person. You just need to turn it loose. As as my grandson sang to me for four hours on the way to St. Louis, let it go, let it go. And I I was praying, please go to sleep, please go to sleep. But we do need to let it go. Maybe you need to come and just thank God that he listens to your prayers. Just praise him for being a loving, heavenly father. Praise him for meeting your needs. Whatever it is you need to do, I'm going to pray. Then we're going to stand. Brother Ronnie's going to lead us in this hymn of invitation. And you come as God wants you to come. Father, thank you so much for your word. For your encouragement. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Lord it's not because of anything we have done. But it's because of who you are. And we thank you for that. And praise you for that. And Lord I know within the sound of my voice. There are those who have things weighing on their hearts. They've prayed and prayed. They don't know why they're not breaking through. I ask according to your will. And your timing. That you answer those prayers. In Jesus name. Amen.